All right, Terry. Thanks for coming on. Have a good night. You know, we'll chat at you later and we'll be like, Joe, but it, it's, we got to record the next episode. <laughs> we talking about, <laughs> we just finished recording with Terry. No, Joe, it's, it's been two weeks. Come on. Welcome back to the Aviation RC Noob Podcast. You found us. My name is Joe. And I'm Matt. We're here to be with you along your journey and to share our experiences in RC Aviation. If you have any questions, thoughts, or want to share a flight story, hit us up at aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. Now, buckle in. Let's take off. All right, and we are back. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 36. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple public service announcements and then some podcasts that Matthew and I talk about. Um, the public service announcements, basically, last year for Halloween, Matthew, you and I did a uh, Halloween special where we shared scary <laughs> stories and such. Yeah, it, uh, it's hard to believe it's been a year already since I know. that. I know, right? Because it I, feels like yesterday. A little bit, because after last episode, you know, even for, or not last episode, last year, for our last Halloween episode, I, for that episode, I had just grandiose ideas about, oh, yeah, I want to have the spooky story and all these, you know, reverb effects and this, just from an editing standpoint that I wanted to do. Soundtracks. There were, there were going to be mm-hmm. monsters showing up. It was going to be great. Oh, yeah, it was going to be pyrotechnics. You guys wouldn't have seen it, but they were going to be there. Oh, my God, that was going to be amazing. <laughs> and then, you know, of course, so as I've had a year, and I was like, okay, I got a year to do something awesome for the next Halloween. Episode. And <laughs> it's been a year already. And not only, like, it seems like we just wrapped up our conversation with Terry, and now here we are two weeks later. Right. Like, where did the last two weeks go? Uh, we got distracted with uh, the rest of life, pretty yeah. much. Uh, yeah. It's been busy. This time of year is always busy, man. Right before October, this is when uh, new festivals come out and then all the farms open up and say, come check out our corn mazes and all the other junk. And then, you know, it's just the weather turns nice where you can just be outside. You don't have Mm -hmm. to dress special. You just go and it's beautiful, at least here in the Carolinas. And that actually makes me, well, reminds me... um I think we've got a local horror trail or some scare trail or something I've never been to, but you go, go um, this week. Just go. I can't go this week, but when I get back from being out of town, I think I might see if uh, Rachel wants to go anyway. Yeah, do it. Getting back to it. Uh, so, so yeah, in a little bit, um, we're going to talk about a couple scary things that happened over the year, mostly Matthew's side. And then we're going to talk about some podcasts uh, that we listen to sort of as a, what else is out there? Yep. Uh, Cause you know, especially after having Terry on, we figured it might be a good idea just to discuss what other podcasts we listen to. Uh, some of you guys will be aware of some of them, maybe not. And if you're not, you know, feel free to go check them out. But before we get into all that, we're going to talk about our fly stories. And then Matthew, you've uh, picked up uh, my slack where I didn't have a plane ready for this week to discuss. So you'll oh, yeah. be covering that. Yeah, you'll be doing the next five. That's yeah. Right. Just get them lined up. To. <laughs> yep, yep. No, no, but it, honestly, Joe has had, had a lot of really exciting things happen this week that he'll probably talk about some later time. But 
it's definitely had him preoccupied. So I, I don't mind. It's all good things. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got I've got a little Frankenplane in mind. We'll talk about in a minute. Um, but before we do that, I guess we should talk about what we've done uh, since we talked last, right? Mm-hmm. So mine, per usuals, really quick. Um, in fact, before we sat down uh, just a little while ago to start recording, I was in the garage. I said I have got to get something done. And I think before last episode, I had gotten the tail glued back together with the fogey. I just haven't put it in the air like I wanted to. Um, mm-hmm. But before we sat down to record tonight, I went out there and I currently have the wing of the sea duck being glued back on. Um, okay. It was, as I currently being, because I'm using uh, foam tack or I'm using tacky glue as opposed to trying to hot glue it. Um, just because there was so much surface, my hot glue gun gets hot enough that it melts the foam. I wasn't confident enough. Uh, like The benefit of the tack glue is that I'll be able to place it and change the position and get it just right and before you know it sets and cures. Like I've got some time. So um, I had to pull the servo lead back out of the, the wing spar or the, the wing channel because... Uh, fortunately the servo wire wasn't long enough to go from servo to receiver. So it just pulled loose of itself inside right. the wing. I had to, uh, fish hook a, it's a, a bless- wire to reach. That's go a ahead. blessing and a curse right there. <laughs> yeah. I had to fish hook a wire, uh, to go in there and pull the, mm-hmm. the servo extension out. So I hooked the wing back up and then got the foam tack put on there and yeah. stacked a couple pieces uh, that a foam board that I just cut off with scissors so I could stack a couple layers up so the, pawn, the wing, its pontoon could sit on that to hold the wing up yeah. pretty much level and in line with the plane. Right. Uh, so that it, so has, I could, it sets up right. Right. And there's mm-hmm. actually a, um, there's a screwdriver on the other wing to keep the plane like rocked at the right angle for the wing for the other wing to now <laughs> this wing to set up so it's because yeah. it kept wanting to like tilt inward towards that wing i didn't want a, a dihedral no. as as much as possible and then i've got to wait on the nose of the, of the duck to kind of pull the nose down so it's sitting it's right so yeah i mean definitely some like whatever i had managed <laughs> to get to get this played kind of i'm surprised so, there's not we'll a see. bungee quarter two on there too I wouldn't trust it with foam board, but yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it is definitely a garage rig to be sure. No, but, but that's okay though. You got, you got it lined up and it's gluing and you, you, you it's in a spot where you can just let it be. So it sets mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. And I mean, that foam tack takes how long to, to tack off and then to actually fully cure. It, it's about five minutes to tack off where you can mostly, you can pretty much just let go. Uh, and then I think it's pretty much ready to go in about an hour full. You want full cure in 24 hours, but you can start handling it pretty quickly. Okay. So I'm not worried about like opening the garage door up and like a breeze maybe come in and rock the plane. Like that's going to throw my wing off in the morning when we're heading to work. No, it shouldn't. Okay. As long as it doesn't blow the plane off the table, we'll be yeah. good. I mean, I was building and I basically held it for about five minutes. And at that point it would hold long enough for me to move to the next stuff. And then at okay. that point, as long as I didn't wasn't trying to like throw it around and smack it into things, I was, I was fine. All right, yeah, good. Well, that's that's been me. Um, well, I'm glad you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Not just because I want to. 
I want you to get well, well one because of what I've prepared. Um, but I, I want to, I want to see you fly that sea duck, man. I'm I mean, excited. Me for too. It. I want I want to fly it for more than take off, turn it around, and smack it straight into a tree. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we will honestly. We're going to do that pretty soon. I know. Yeah. I've got uh, my uh, my mother's coming into town in a little while now, and that might free me up to be able to come down and take a visit. So yeah, we might be able to get together real soon. We'll see. We're good. All right. Well, I guess that brings it to me, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to go through it pretty quick. There's a lot of little things. There's a lot of little things. I think it's pretty much what it's going to come down to. Um, I've been working on the, the build video for the Prandle D and I've gotten all the way through it. Um, except I think I'm missing, like, I think the battery cut near the very end where I'm putting the dihedral into the wing. So I need to pull it back out and do a quick, like maybe three or four minute segment and just kind of close out the video. Okay. Um, and hopefully I'll be able to finish that up real soon and get that out. Um, I worked on the quickie. I put in the electronics and I think uh, the night I was sitting down, um, I, I squirreled so bad. It's, it's, oh, it's really awful. But basically, I I think I got three out of the four servos set up. All the control horns, all the all the control wire, and all the stuff. Everything's ready. And then, like, I ran out of wire. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, it's upstairs." And so I went upstairs. And by the time I came back down, I forgot I was even working on the quickie. So <laughs> I think I've got one more control wire, and then I'll be able to get it. I'll be able to situate some battery and. And give it its main flight. So that I'm hoping to be able to do that this coming you know, week or so. Although uh, we're going to fall back, which means we're going to kind of run out of. I'll have to do it in the morning or something like that. Um, but yeah, I, or do we, I what, lose? We lose an hour when that happens. Exactly, which means okay. we get more daylight in the morning, which is awesome if you work outside. Um, but if you're like me, the only thing I get to do that's personal. After is after work, and that's at five, and that'll mean it'll be dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like uh, either I put lights on the quickie and fly it that way, which is probably a big mistake. Um, anyway, so I'm hoping to get that made before the time switches. Uh, in America, I don't know why we do it, but we just do. Um, let's see. The Texan, I flew the Texan a little bit more, um, and that was another, again, just rock-solid the the hangar RC's uh, T6 Texan it just flies great. Um, I, I don't have to think about it really. It's just put a battery in and go. Ooh, this will be fun. And I go and have fun. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, let's see. I also need to bring the Prandtl D out for out for a ride, um, so I can get a little bit of footage of that. Um, and then. Oh, uh, the the P sixty one Black Widow. I started rolling up the tail sections because I knew I'd have to tape them and leave them. And I know once I start building, I'm going to want to try to get all those booms together. I'm going to want to do it in like a night. Now the Black Widow was uh, that was one of the planes that um, Stephen Jack had done. Exactly. Uh, okay. It, it, it is uh, Stephen Jack's P sixty one Black Widow. It's awesome. I just it, it, it's it's awesome. I'm looking forward. It looks to, really good. 
Yeah. Hey, if you can get somebody to laser cut it, do that. There are a handful of pieces that are very delicate and that the distance between the outer circle wall and the internal part where the box where the main spar of the fuse or, or boom sits, it's really thin. So um, it's not like you couldn't deal with it anyway, but if it's laser cut, it's just nice. So nice. <laughs> I had a friend of mine who actually, uh, shout out to Kilroy 07, who uh, was listening to our, that episode um, with Denise Godas. And uh, he, I guess, just heard that I was interested in building it. And I printed out plans, and he said, "I'll show him." And so he <laughs> he, he apparently had already put together cut files. So he cut me out uh, a set for the P sixty one and sent it. Nice, which is awesome. Yeah, and we actually, and then I called him up to thank him, and we sat and talked for, geez, oh gosh, it must have been like four hours. It was it was uh -huh. awesome. <laughs> uh, it was great. It's just good to catch up with good good buddies. So. Um, and then I repaired, I'm going to go through a list. I'm not going to go into like what I did. Most of these were very small repairs um, with probably the exception of the Taylor Aero car and uh, where is it? The Bandito. Um, <clears throat> but basically I repaired my spear that I've had forever and really haven't been flown, flying. And I was like, why did I not fly this? Oh, oh, it's this. It's a control arm. You know, or a little servo. Oh, a servo got loose. Literally, that's all it was. Uh, the oh, Silvera wow. needed some big repairs, but it was also to able to make an upgrade because I put a windshield in it. So now I can put some FPV behind the windshield and fly mm -hmm. from the cockpit. Um, I actually took that out today and gave it a remaiden flight just to give it a go. Um, and I think there's something that's a little off. I've got to kind of change maybe uh, control linkage lengths and stuff. Uh, maybe something shifted while I was sitting there and getting banged around a bit. Um, but it got back up in the air. So I was able to fly that around a handful of laps. And again, it's, um, it's a trainer plane. So it's a, like a two seater trainer. It's a great flyer. Just a lot of fun. Um, even, even with it being off, kind of had to hold the sticks over to the side a little bit. Um, it was still easy to fly. So it was a good time. I think I might have had some video. So if you are subscribed to my YouTube channel, you'll, you may see it show up. Uh, the Taylor Aero car, I pulled out the old barbecue skewers and put in some metal axles. So, okay. So now that when I land it, I won't break the skewer. Uh, and I can mm -hmm. actually just, and what I'm going to do is also put in um, bigger wheels so I can take off from the grass at the field. Uh, I repaired the Don Carnage landing gear and got that all ready to go. Uh, I also have the bigger motor and a 12 by 6 prop. So I should have plenty of oomph to get it up into the air. So I'm looking forward to getting <laughs> that back out. Um, a friend of mine built, um, I'm trying to think of the maker. It's a Starship. I think it's Beechcraft Starship. It's basically a twin pusher. It, it almost looks like the, the um, Long Easy, like a Burt Rutan's Long Easy with a canard and like kind of a, almost like an arrow with a, like, like a commuter jet. Um, but with sure. the twin twin pusher prop, all right. Um, it's uh, it's awesome looking, and I, it it's one of those things. Oh look, the uh, well, the firewall was loose, and I think it needed a control arm. That's it. Uh, flying louver I took out and made a couple quick repairs to that. <clears throat> the X jet outlaw uh, needed a couple quick things. I got that all repaired, so that's ready to go. Again, that was 
again, all of these things took about like three minutes. The Spitfire, um, the holes uh, where the barbecue skewers go have gotten much bigger. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's time to put in some reinforcements and close up them holes. So uh, that's what I went and did a little bit of. And I think I think I might have missed one. So I have to go back and just check it once more before I finish. Send it back up again. Uh, the Doll Tree Foam Board Reptile Dragon is a little bit of repair, and I'm still working on trying to troubleshoot. One of the motors kept uh, intermittently cutting in and out, and I didn't know why, and I really can't go hog wild on that until that's figured out. Right. Um, but it's uh, it's on the bench and being worked on. I took care of a, a lot of the minor stuff, so now I'm just dealing with the motor. Once the motor is all set, I'll be that'll be back in the air. A Tamukian cargo ship that I've had from, it's an anime plane from Nausicaa, the Valley of the Wind. Um, it's pretty small scale, like a small 20-inch, 30-inch plane. Um, I started putting in servo spots and double-checking the spar, and I'm going to start putting in control horns and control rods. So that should be okay. ready to go in a little bit. The Bandito was fully repaired and ready for a remaiden. And I brought out old Tony the Explorer. Um, I've got I am really surprised that plane is still <laughs> around. I know. Well, I like I did a lot of work to it. So it's basically an FT Explorer. It has uh, replaced. I replaced the spar with a wooden spar because it folded on me. Um, much like anybody who built the Explorer, just like it shows in the um, flight test plans and stuff. Right. Just put a like a quarter inch or eighth inch by eighth inch dowel that runs out 24 inches or something and you'll be set. Um, I taped mine up to look like Tony the tiger, um, from the cereal box. And, uh, it's awesome. Anyway. So I realized that the wingtip was, uh, it must've done a cartwheel or something like that. And I, I kind of, uh, I repaired and strengthened up some weak spots and, uh, closed up some of the mushed parts, like, uh, where it maybe took hard landing. Um, so I got that back up and I flew it out today. Matter of fact, I, I took it out and flew it around and it was a good time to fly it around. Nice. I, I think the uh, power system was a little underpowered. Oh, I know why. I've got a three, a three cell lithium ion battery. So it doesn't quite have a lot. It doesn't spit out a lot of amps. So it'll go for a long time, but you're not going to get a lot of pickup out of it. So it's kind of like a long, I, steady go. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it. I guess so long as the the cell voltage is still the same and the connector is the same, I guess we could fly. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, there's still the same ion. voltage. So each cell is still 3.7. But the problem is that the limitation is the C rating. So where lithium polymers tend to have like a 25 to 100 C, right? these have like 1 to 5 C. Oh, wow. Like, so it's much less, uh, it's very limited on the amp draw. So if you have a really efficient motor that draws maybe 10 or 8 amps, you can do that um, with the lithium ions. And hmm. so that's kind of where I'm, I'm, I think I'm at the edge of that. Um, but uh, I got it up and was flying around having a good time. Actually, I started losing it in the haze kind of darkening clouds as the sky was uh, as the sun had already gone yeah. down past the horizon i'm like okay i have an an orange on a dark blue which when they both gray out they grow out to the same gray tone <laughs> and i realized nice. i'm like 
I need to bring this in before I lose it. <laughs> <laughs> but I did get out to fly and, and it was a good, it was a lot of fun to fly. So, um, and so, yeah, and that, so that covers what I flew because I only flew those two planes. Uh, but I did get some quality time on the bench and just kind of, I was, what I was trying to do was figure out like, what are all these planes doing here? And should I get rid of them or are they worth repairing? And when mm-hmm. I looked at them, I'm like, oh my God, each one of these is about five or 10 minute repair. So I started chugging through them. <clears throat> yeah, that's it. Okay. Let's see. Um, I don't know. Full scale pilot training is uh, I had some wisdom teeth pulled out. So most of that's been kind of on hold uh, as I didn't want to go into the air on drugs. That were I kind mean, of, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's only the prudent thing to do as a pilot. Uh, and then I was in some sort of achy pain and I wasn't sure how altitude would affect it. Plus I, I was really busy this last week. So, uh, there, yeah. sadly there hasn't been too much on this front, but I need to get back into it. Otherwise I'm going to start losing it. Oh, I did start taking the solo written test. So I'm working on that. Nice. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that brings us down to, uh, our listener comments. Okay. So what you got? Well, uh, I finally got out to Apple Podcast comments. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is where they store all those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I know we ask uh, all you listeners to go out to Apple uh, Podcast and make a comment in either your local uh, local, local um, aggregator. aggregator. That's what I was trying to say. Um, <laughs> or go to Apple directly and make a comment. Because when people go to look for podcasts, they oftentimes read the comments to see, is this the kind of podcast I want to listen to? Um, mm-hmm. So when you guys make comments and five-star reviews, people go, oh my gosh, this is a podcast I should probably put in my list. So um, I want to thank all, all the listeners who have gone out and done that already. Um, and I'm going to read a couple. Some of them might be old, so I'm sorry, because um, it's been a while since I've looked. <clears throat> So uh, the Hangar RC back in September of last year, um, he said, this is the, the best co- podcast for a noob and seasoned pilots alike. If you're new to the world of RC flight, this is the podcast that you all ne- that you need to listen to. Matt and Joe have such amazing chemistry. They're entertaining, informative, and all-around fun podcast to listen to. It's awesome to listen to their RC adventures or their adventures in RC as they tackle different airframes build techniques, and just flat out have fun messing around at their local airfields. Their stories are captivating and always have me on the edge of my seat, laughing and waiting for the next episode. If you're even remotely interested in the hobby, you should listen to these guys. Keep up the good work, guys. And thanks again, uh, Sam. We appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Sam. And that was, uh, that was shortly after we had him on originally. Uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, we need to get him back on. I, I heard he's got some things brewing. Uh, see what he's up to. Um, anyway, that's a side note. Uh, we had UAV, uh, pilot 107 reach out, uh, at the beginning of this month, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it says brilliant podcast for the RC aviation enthusiast. Uh, each other week, Matt and Joe chat about their exploits in building, flying, and even designing RC planes, which is both informative and entertaining. Also, they often have guests from the community, including one that now heads, heads a lab at NASA. Exclamation. Good old Red. Yeah, good old Red. Thanks, Red. 
Um, I actually, we got to get, he, he's another person I want to get back on. He finished the Reno air races. Um, mm-hmm. and I want to have him talk to us about, uh, what, what that's like to be involved and what his role is. And I know he's been building a plane, which I'm acutely interested in because that is one of the avenues of owning a plane. Uh, not that that's necessarily for me, but, uh. It's definitely something of great interest to me. Plus, I know February's coming around. That's when I do all my STEM stuff with the scouts. And I'd like to talk to him about, uh, he has a a strong passion for education, STEM, and and bringing RC as part of that. So uh, I definitely want to talk to him a little bit about that too. So I think having him on soon, uh, don't be surprised. Uh, Okay. Sounds good. Uh, Almost not a noob. A really good name. Um, excellent for a noob, not and not so noob. Did I read that right? Excellent for a noob and not so noob. Yeah, that's right. These, these guys are great. They have great stories to share. I really like that they're humble enough to share their missteps and how to fix them. Matt and Joe make me want to get out and fly more, which is awesome. That's cool. So it's sort of the the objective, um, mm-hmm. you know, behind all this. Just Sharing it, sharing the mistakes so that, you know, you guys can enjoy it and laugh along with us, but also learn from them. And yeah. Yeah. And get you out and fly. Seriously. Uh, that was why we do, why we talk about it is because I remember listening to other podcasts and we'll get to that in a second. Um, and it was those fly stories that made me think, you know, I need to go get my plane out to the field and fly some. <laughs> I forgot how much fun yeah. that is. The, the flip side and the downside is I just, I feel like I haven't flown hardly any this year, so you you've been very busy. There've been a lot of things yeah, going on. Everybody's been busy. Yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, I've had my moments where I've been doing Jack, and it's been awesome. And <laughs> and and part of that, I I indulged the RC hobby pretty pretty fully. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's the other thing is we haven't really gotten together a whole lot. We normally get together like once a month. Yeah, that's true. And we just haven't been able to do that a whole lot. So that's all right. All right. So and our last comment that I have here, actually, our second to last comment is from fellow noob. And that was back in June of 2020. So again, sorry, it's been so late. Uh, episode- that was the first review we got on iTunes. Yeah. So this is probably a repeat, but it says episode four, Matt and Joe have such a great chemistry. It's easy to spend time listening and learning about RC planes and the crashes and the flying stories always have me laughing. Which and it says I can't wait for more. So that was well, awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm glad other people can laugh along with us again because you know sometimes you get into such situations you're like the only thing you can do is laugh otherwise you're gonna cry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes you do both. Uh, yeah, I find myself doing both more often. Than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I'm not crying, I'm cursing at the ground. You know. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it keeps coming up to meet my planes, and I don't understand it. I told them they're not allowed to hang out. All right. <laughs> and then I think last but not least, uh, we recently, um, again, at the beginning of the month, we received an email uh, in our in our email accounts, uh, joe at aviationrcnoob.com and Matt, or Matthew, sorry, Matthew at aviationrcnoob.com, just in case. Yeah, look at you. I know, look at that. I figured I'll do it while I can. Um, and it says, it's from Richard Joy. It says, hello, Joe and Matt. I just wanted to thank you both for your recent podcast episode and addressing the art of trimming a plane. 
I'm sure others will find it very informative, especially those new to the hobby. Prior to installing an Aura, I often crash my planes on their maiden flights, but the Aura's level assist mode seems to keep the plane level even if the plane has not been trimmed, and so it allows me to gain that critical three mistakes high uh, altitude before switching off level assist and attempting to trim the plane. I'll try that OpenTX instant trim mode, for, but first I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna exchange the two position switches on my TX on my transmitter. Uh, so the momentary switch is on the left, as suggested by Chris. Um, uh, this allows uh, the right hand to hold the trim on the right stick and the left hand to perform the instant trim. Uh, as I have an aura, I will not transfer the main trims to the t uh, transmitter subtrim, but will transfer them to the aura as it stores the trims, and then the transmitter trims can be reset to their center positions. I really like that the Aura holds not only the trims, but also the rates and the expos, as it allows me to, cre to create one reference model on my transmitter and simply copy it for each plane. Cheers, Richard. Well, uh, one day when I pull mine out and start working with it, I'll uh, I'll have to tie back to that email so I can... Uh, know some hurdles or some things to uh, be aware of. Mm -hmm. She was talking about it storing trim and storing expos and all that. And I didn't know it was doing that. Yeah. I didn't know that either. That's actually really good information or uh, it's information worth looking into when you, if you get one of those boards, yeah. Looking at how it does that kind of thing will affect how you set up your transmitter, mm -hmm. you know, and that, those are excellent ideas on, how to make sure that you're getting what you want uh, while you're flying, right? Knowing that, hey, I'm doing most of my trimming with my right hand. I probably want my left hand to be doing the instant trim stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and the only way to do that is to move the move the switches around. So, um, yeah. So thank you so much, Richard, for bringing in. I know uh, Joe and I are probably going to, we'll be sending him a detailed uh, response, but uh, I felt we should share that, and I want to thank you guys, uh, you listeners, for reaching out and and letting us know what you're thinking um, with the podcast and how we're doing. And if you have anything you'd like us to cover, any ideas of topics you'd like to more, know more about or guests you'd like to hear from, um, reach, reach out to those emails I just mentioned and let us know, man. We'd like to hear. I think that... And Continuing on, uh, we had a sim night this past Friday night. Mm -hmm. uh, so normally we would do a build night on a Friday night, but we decided to change things up and try something, and we did a simulator night yep. with Phoenix RC. Um, so we had a couple guys come out, uh, Devin and uh, Richard, thanks for coming out and yeah, flying with us. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, uh, too. It was. There was some... The the technical curve was steeper than I recall trying to get that set up and running. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, and, and thank you. And that was actually part of why we did it. We really wanted to see one help help you listeners who are interested in getting into there and, and are having hard times. We want to get in there. Um, and obviously we want to figure out what we can and can't do together as a group because we noticed there was a couple things like each person had to have the same plane in their stash for mm -hmm. everybody to see it while they're flying. Um, so it was a little, little things like that. And it makes sense. It's not that it's hard. 
Uh, and then so that kind of leaves us uh, scratching our heads on how we want to make sure if you come to the sim night that we have all the planes we want to fly. Right. Right. And so it might be that we, you know, host, uh, host the files uh, so we can easily kick a link and say, if, if for a future sim night, make sure you have these downloaded and set up and, or, yeah, if you need some help, reach out to us on how to get those installed before the night so that when we're all in there flying, like everybody's got the same reference planes. Cause right. yeah, if, if you fly, if you're flying a plane that, you know, nobody else has or some people have and some don't, those that don't have, we just don't see you. Yeah. And we were encountering some of that and, and we're toying with it. It's like, well, let's try this. Do you see me now? It's just like you're not even showing up, period, mm-hmm. but you could still see. Me. Everybody else you were flying a plane I didn't have, but you could still see me because you still had the plane installed that I was flying. It's yeah, yeah, and know. and so and that was part of what we want to do. We were, it, it was as much a learning thing as hopefully to get uh, those who are interested in simming uh, on board and having fun with it. So and mm-hmm. and again, I know a lot of people mentioned that uh, the different sims that they fly, and I just wanted to reiterate that we chose Phoenix Six because it is free. It's it's free mm-hmm. to download. It's free to use. It's uh, they have the six O allows everybody to get together, and it's not a whole lot different than real flight. As a matter of fact, I think Richard was saying he was I was going to buy this other sim, but I because I thought Phoenix would be because it's freeware or it's abandonware that it's really not so good. But this is as good as anything I've ever seen. I, right. I don't think I'm going to be purchasing that right away. I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out for a little bit. And and we chose that because if you're if you're new to the hobby, you're probably on a tight budget, especially if you're looking at flight test stuff. Um, you are going to be looking at the sims, going, "Wait, I have a choice between buying a plane or buying a sim. Mm, that's going to be a tough choice. Uh, let's not make it a choice. Get the sim. Learn from that as you build the next plane. You know, mm-hmm. and if you want a different sim later, then go ahead." Uh, but at least it gets everybody in and started. So that was kind of our point of selecting that. So uh, we'll be doing one next month. Um, probably uh, we'll have to let's, figure out exactly when and we'll make a Yeah, let's not throw a date on that one yet. We need to. No, there's too many holidays and events coming up at the end of next month. So, yeah, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we will be posting that very soon. Um, we will definitely hear about it in the next uh, episode. So listen in and stay tuned. Uh, I think that's that's it on Sim Nights. Do we have anything else for the Sims? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, I'll say this one because I, I do some, some looking. So as a, a PSA for anybody who tries to get, uh, tries to do the Phoenix RC thing, and when you... So I have to run my transmitter through an emulator for the game to recognize. It's not just quite so plug and play. I've got to I got to run an emulator, which is on the Phoenix RC page. But um, one of our guys was having trouble with the emulator not seeing his uh, transmitter, mm-hmm. and what it ultimately boiled down to was like earlier this year. Sometime last year, there was a uh, a Windows update that came out that for his transmitter, I forget which transmitter he was one flying. He was running one of the uh, FR Sky yeah. transmitters. Um, 
it changed the driver that Windows uses, the software Windows uses to recognize and use that US, use that as a USB connected device. Um, so there was some technical where we had to go in and change the driver that Windows was looking at for that. So if you happen to encounter that where the emulator's not seeing your transmitter, look into how to change that driver. Uh, cause that's ultimately what we had to do. I don't want to go okay. too deep into it and I don't remember all the steps, but, um, I remember finding a thread on that that walked, walked okay. us through the process. Okay. Um, and if you're on our Discord, you can always just kind of shout out about uh, needing help with that. And I'm sure either Joe or I or somebody else who's uh, also been through those steps can help you through it. If you aren't on the Discord, it's uh, it's not a bad thing to go do. Um, it's basically all the people who listen to this podcast are on there and some people who don't even listen a whole lot, but they, they, they're part of the same community where we like to build and fly and laugh and have a good time. So... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Join in. We have a link at the bottom of most of our episode show notes. Uh, We'll have one here most likely. Um, Take a look and join in. We'd love to see you there and join in the conversations. So you're picking up some slack this week from me. Yeah, Um, I guess I will. I appreciate that. No worries. What are you talking about tonight? Well, in honor of Halloween being basically tomorrow uh, when this is going to be released... I will choose a Frankenplane. Ooh. And basically, it looks like just a bunch of stuff kind of thrown together. And admittedly, it's not the best version of that, but it was something that I was listening to one of the podcasts we'll be mentioning in a little bit, uh, Terry Dunn's podcast. Um, and one of the guys on there, uh, Lee Ray, uh, said he had picked up a fiberglass uh, fuselaged version of this plane, and it is called... The it's a rotable plane, which is basically a flying car, and it's the Waldo's Waterman's Aerobile, or Aerobile. Um, and it's sp- spelled like arrows and bow and arrow. And then later yeah. they spelled it like an aeroplane arrow. All right. <laughs> so you can look it up either way. Um, and basically, it was in the nineteen nineteen thirty five, and I think he had his original idea even before World War One. Uh, but in uh, 1935, he basically made a, uh, this uh, Walt, uh, Waldo Waterman had uh, he basically made a submission uh, to have a government funded uh, Vidal safety airplane competition. So he made this submission uh, and it's basically like a little uh, almost like a smart car, like a, a three wheeled smart car. If, if you want to use today's standards with the propeller sticking on the back and add that to a swept wing, you know, almost like a glider wing, uh, like a hang yeah, glider That's what wing. it looks like. Um, actually reminds me a lot of the, the Burgess Dunn three, which was, geez, that was completed in, uh, I think 1916 or 1917 or something. So it's used just like a, a single swept wing with, uh, rudders, basically, uh, drag rudders on the ends of the wings and there's, you know, little struts coming down kind of like a trainer plane uh, down to the bottom of the little pod and the, the pod, basically you could take off the wings when you landed and actually the, um, the struts would kind of fall down to the, to the ground. And then they had little pegs sticking on the ends and you could basically kind of set it up and drive away. 
and then and leave it at the airport, and then you could basically back into it and then hook up, like bolt down the wings again and hook up the struts, and off you fly. All right, I think I'm tracking. Okay, um, and in the show notes, Joe, are some pictures, um, and we'll have some links in the show notes to so you could go and find this vehicle uh, for yourself. Um, and it basically, there were only six ever made, right? And every time they made it, they either updated like the motor or they changed maybe the way the flaps worked. Or I think one of they had, they went from regular flaps to slotted flaps. Uh, then they had, um, instead of having um, the struts, they got rid of the struts and made a cantilevered wing spar. Um, and then I think the fifth version was a three seater. So, they basically just, you know, and by the end of 1941, they'd pretty much gone through about five or six iterations. And that was pretty much it. There are not very many, and there's only one hanging in the Smithsonian. Uh, so that you can go and see it uh, if you come to, if you're in D.C. and want to go to the flight museum. there It's in there somewhere. So do they just not know where the other five are, or they've been dismantled oh, well, by this point? Yeah, most of them have have been destroyed. I, I don't know if there's any more than that one in existence, honestly. Okay. Uh, it, it, the, the literature that I've read so far is pretty sparse in general. This is not a craft that most people even know about, care about, or think about. Um, but I do cause I've been on this kick of building aero cars, car planes, yeah. you know, apparently, uh, plane mobiles or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, so this is definitely one of those ones where I'm going to be making plans of this and I'm going to be making one. Nice. Definitely. Anyway, so it seated the first, the first, most of the versions seated two people. Uh, it was about 20 feet long and it was about 40 feet or 38 feet in wingspan. Uh, it's empty weight was 2000 pounds or just shy of 2000 and it's gross weight was 2,500, which is pretty typical for most two seaters. It's actually a little on the heavy side. Um, but that was also because they were using a Studebaker Waterman six-cylinder inline water-cooled car engine. So they weren't using like an aluminum block um, airplane engine to run this. And they basically had um, like a clutch set up where you could you could power the propeller or you could power the right. rear wheels. Okay. Um, what if there's like a belt and pulley system that clutch was tied into or if it was a full-blown transmission that you were disengaging and re-engaging another one uh, i i feel like it's a gear transmission but I, honestly i what i saw from the pictures and i, I tried to find that because i was curious myself i was unable to find it and the, again the literature is pretty sparse uh it's a 100 horsepower engine which is kind of in line with most um light sport planes uh, today right. and honestly, this the size and shape and weights and all that stuff are pretty close. Um, let's see, it uh, max speed was uh, 100 knots or 120 miles an hour. Cruise speed was about uh, 100 miles an hour, which again that's pretty typical of a two seater uh, light plane. Uh, the landing speed was 45 miles an hour. It basically on the road it would go about 60, 55, 60 miles an hour, and in the air it'd go about 100. Um, Plus, you can fly it away to the crew. That's it. Um, let's see. Rate of climb was 600 feet a minute, and it could go about 350 miles, which that, that's a 
That's a pretty typical distance for most, air, you know, two-seater airplanes that are of that general size. So uh, it really mm. wasn't, you know, it. I'm sure it was probably a very rough car to drive. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm pretty sure it was, but uh, and I but I imagine it was a pretty serviceable airplane. Um, but if you look at the automobile magazines, it's it's in the top fifty worst cars ever. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I, it was one of the things that kind of stood out. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, go go to the link, check out this plane. It's pretty interesting. Um, when I start talking about it, don't be don't be surprised if I sh- I throw out a link uh, to you can build your own uh, foam board version of it. Um, I think that's about it. I think we're on to the. That's about all we need to know about it. Okay. Oh, I know what it was. That's what's interesting. The rudders and the aileron controls were coupled, so much like the air coupe. And so what you do is you turn the steering wheel to yaw. You'd kind of roll and yaw at the same time as a coordinated turn, which, which is actually really great for flying, makes it very intuitive. However, um, as I understand the ground handling gets a little weird because people are used to using the rudder to do the ground handling and you actually are coupling in some ailerons. Well, it also doesn't help you in a cross breeze. Exactly. Yeah, and so that so ground control can be a little bit more difficult with that kind of plane. So that's one of the mm-hmm. complaints of the air coupe. I'm sure it was a complaint of this. But there's only five, so only five people were complaining. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get too many people. <laughs> didn't get too much attention, I don't think. But that's okay. It's it's an interesting little little Frank complaint. All right. So I guess that brings us on to the next segment here. So, yeah, you've got um, you've got what a couple short stories for uh, scary stories, uh, some little yeah. scares you had over the last year. Yeah, definitely a couple scares over the last year. Um, I mean, we can talk about the general scare of having your exacto knife roll off the desk onto your foot. Um, that didn't actually happen to me, but I've had it roll off and go knife knife down. Um, mm-hmm. And that's <laughs> so. Remember, put put the blade into either its keeper or into like a square piece of foam board so that it won't roll. You'll be happier yeah. for it. <laughs> and there's also the occasional scare of you know walk out of the garage, realize oh god, I left the hot glue gun running all night. Yeah, I know. Uh, you're like, what's that smell? Oh man, that's hot glue. Dang it! Yeah, that smells like hot glue. <laughs> I left that on all night. Oh, stupid me. Um, and both of these stories kind of come down to the same problem, but we'll talk about the one where, um, I cut up my finger really bad and actually it's healed up really well. Um, yeah, I hadn't asked you about that recently. How's it doing? I don't know if you can see, but it's yeah, a little scarred up, Yeah, a little scarred up, but generally it's, uh, it's doing really well. I don't notice any, uh, reduction in mobility, but basically I was working on a plane and I plugged it in. And I brought, oh, wait, I, I turned the power, the throttle down to zero, which was reversed because of the way it was set up in the ESC. So it was mm-hmm. reading 100, but then I kicked the power off or, or the, the fail safe, but it fail safes to zero, which 
for that ESC said, okay, full throttle, let's go. And off the plane took at me while I was sitting working on it. Um, okay. So, so I understand the ESC was programmed in reverse. Correct. So zero throttle was 100, but 100 would have been zero. So right. if you'd had that full throttle, it was sat still. Exactly. But because even though you had it as but zero the transmitter, throttle, it I didn't f- do anything right. because the ESC's fail safe was to be in nothing, like to, to not be running. Well, it was a transmitter. No. The transmitter would transmit out zero when it was turned off. Okay. So if it so if it powered off, it would send okay, we're we're back at zero again. And then and then it would cut off and then it would just oh. basically the whole plane came to life because the last thing it was told to do was go, go to, to zero, zero. Which is hundred okay. percent propeller speed. Right, on that ESC. On the so ESC. you so you were aware of the reverse ESC. You had your throttle turned all the way up. Right. And I, I again everything was fine. That the controls were working exactly as they should on the controls, but I knew the ESC was backwards. What I forgot was that there was a failsafe set to go to zero. Okay. When you turned it off. And when it, I turned it, it off the, okay. It, it kicked right, on I everything. Understand how this happened. <laughs> and I turned off the transmitter before unplugging the battery. So mm-hmm. word of the wise, unplug your battery and then turn the transmitter off. So what ended up happening, Matthew? Well, it came right at me. <laughs> I threw my hands in the way and tried to bat it down to the ground. I think I kicked it up in the air or whatever I did. I tried to get it the heck any anywhere but at my face, which is where it was coming. And so mm-hmm. it ate through my finger a little bit. Um, bit down from basically the knuckle and then, and you know, it was just a little burp and it, it was done in a split second. It was still going on the ground, but I was out of harm's way. One, two, three, three deep cuts, pretty much to the bone mm-hmm. on the side of one of my fingers. And I remember being on discord <clears throat> with you that night when that happened. Yeah. And I just wrapped the crap out of it and held it. And, you know, it was just, you know, essentially three flaps of skin kind of in the breeze uh, and trying to put it back in place, let blood, you know, blood do what blood does and kind of reconnect everything and let it uh, heal itself back up. Um, Probably should have gotten stitches, but the bleeding did stop. So we're hard headed. So I'm an idiot. Yeah. I I don't do that. I'm like, (laughs) ah, it'll be all right. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So anyway, um, Uh, rub a little dirt on it. It'll be fine. Pretty much. I didn't have any dirt inside the house, so I was just like, well, I'll just go to the sink. Um, anyway, yeah. So that was the first scare. And I think I had the same motor set up, and the throttle was reversed once again, and I was flying the Merlin or the, the Magician. Sorry, the Sorcerer and the Balsa Kit. I've renamed it as the Dollar Tree as a, as a Magician. That's a big eight-foot plane uh, that I tried to get going just recently. And I had set it all up, and and again, all the controls were working fine. And I think I did the same thing again. Oh no, wait! I went to go power it on, plugged in the battery, and I couldn't remember. Is this the ESC that's backwards? Hmm. So you rolled the dice, and but I, I mean, so I was thinking that, and to, so because of that, I moved out of the way of the front of the plane. I had it facing away from everybody, but I plugged it in and it sure enough turned to life, went full throttle because that's what zero is for that mm-hmm. ESC. And off the plane went <laughs> into, 
into the the stand next to me. Um, And there was a gentleman who was working on it. Like he had planes over there, um, but he was nowhere nearby, thankfully, at the time. Um, I just knew that like I was just one of the, had that sixth sense, like this might go sideways. Let me move over here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I did and off it, you know, again, off it went and, and it chicken danced itself to oblivion. The, the motor came off the firewall, the, the you know, prop was gone. I had some repairs to do to the fuse, that kind of stuff. And there was a little bit of damage to the wing. Um, more importantly, nobody got hurt. Um, but it yeah. could easily have been another one of the same situations. So uh, I'm about to figure out what that ESC is and either throw it out or figure out how to fix it because um, that's really just been dangerous. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all I can su- suggest is make sure all your ESCs are going the same direction. And, I mean, really, if you find one that's doing that or you find one that's handling in a way that it shouldn't or that you wouldn't expect it to, either stop there and address it or mm-hmm. tag it somehow to say these so, are the characteristics this is exhibiting so that if you're not going to address service. it then yeah. you can then pick it up later you're like okay yeah. this was giving me trouble right yeah or even write yeah. right on it right on it in permanent marker or something you can put a stick over it if you need to later put it pull it out of the darn plane get it mm-hmm. out of circulation so it doesn't surprise you again um but yeah that was scary those were two very scary moments <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So don't do like I do. Um, make sure your ESCs are going right and uh, do like Joe suggested. Get it out of service if it is and you haven't been able to figure it out right away. Um, yeah, and I mean, always go behind wherever the propeller is going to take the plane. Don't be right in front of it. Do as we say, not as we do. Take off your props. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the main uh, topic for this episode then. Um, we want to take a, a little bit to talk about some of the podcasts that we listen to. Um, again, so that if any other, if there's any of these that you guys are not aware of, feel free to go and check them out. Um, so I'll, I'll just kind of go down the list of podcasts I listen to or have listened to. Um, let's see. The serial. These are the podcast. RC. These are radio controlled based, right? Oh, fair point. So scratch serial. That was a uh, that was an NPR podcast. My bad. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, look. If we want to go through all that, I we'll be here for a couple <laughs> of hours. Um, no, I was playing around, but yeah, I there's a couple I've listened to before. They're pretty good. Um, yeah. So RC related podcast. Uh, probably the one I listen to the most is RC Plane Lab, um, mm-hmm. which that's Ron and Tom. Uh, they do the balsa side of this hobby, and Ron also listens to every one of our episodes. So he and I get to chit chat a bit. I'm actually behind again on their episodes, so I need to get caught up. Uh, um, those guys are great. I mean, they have a long history of being in the hobby. Um, I think uh, one of them's been in it for at least 30 years, and the other one's been in it uh, more than 10. Crank that up another decade or two, yeah. Well, I was trying to give Tom, like, the benefit of his, you know. <laughs> I like Tom. I didn't want to throw him under a bus. But, yeah, no, they, they really have a lot of institutional knowledge. They they have been in it a long time. So mm-hmm. they're, they're a great resource. And they're fun to yeah. listen to. They've got a really good chemistry. 
They do. Um, they started up uh, not not long after we did, but they were on a weekly schedule there for the longest time. So they got way more content than we got right now. I don't know how they did um, it. Man, I'd run out of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the RC lawn chair pilots. They actually started up not long after us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their their release schedule is a bit more sporadic, and I. I I just checked. They hadn't had an episode yeah. in a while, but I think uh, I think one of them's got some major life things going on. Good things. Yeah, but. yeah. I think it's uh, they just had a uh, one of them just had a baby recently, so he's mm-hmm. being a new dad, and uh, they're out in Utah, so they're in like perfect sailing country. They've got a couple right. like craters that you go. Oh, the wind's coming from the other side. Let's turn around. <laughs> which which isn't very common. Uh, so they've got some good spots for that. So they talk a, a lot about. Um, they do talk about sailing um you know gliding um but they do talk about they're so enthusiastic it's fun to listen to them mm-hmm. they're good people um and those those are and you got one more right yeah so i've listened to a couple by a couple i mean two or three episodes of the rc after hours podcast mm-hmm. um that's one with andre right yeah yeah and they yeah. were they were they had a bunch of other guys with him for a while. And I think the one was like a motorcycle guy before he got into drones and, and flying planes. Uh, and they had another guy and, and they had a really good chemistry. And I used to, I used to listen to them a lot, but they kind of, you know, they went for many years and had a lot of great episodes talking to tons of people. And, you know, two of them are just like, I think, I think I got to move on. Like I'm not doing this as much. There's not enough time. So. Um, mm-hmm. and so and wor- Andre continued it, which is great. Okay. And then one last one, um, I've listened to probably more of their episodes since, uh, after hours is scrap pile. So RC scrap pile, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, so, uh, I don't, that they're a different format, but you know, they're, they can be enjoyable to listen to. They remind me of if I'm at the field, Shooting the breeze with with the guys of the field. That's that's mm-hmm. what the feeling is with yeah. that podcast, which is a lot of fun. I, um, anything else? No. Well, uh, like Joe, I listened to the RC Plane Labs. I listened to the um, Lawn Chair Pilots and RC After Hours. Uh, I also listened to again uh, Terry Dunn. Uh, Lee Ray and Fitzwalker uh, do RC Roundtable. Uh, and again, we had Terry Dunn last time as a guest talking about his creations. But those guys are also just, they're a lot of fun to listen to. They rib each other left and right about a, a very good nature. They used to, I think, all fly at the same field uh, down okay. in Texas. And I think since Terry has moved and uh, and it looks like Lee and Fitz still are close enough where they see each other at the field and and whatnot, but they, um, they are very deep like Terry. He's very deep in all the things that are RC, you know, they love it. They talk about it. They have other hobbies too, but, um, they are dedicated to, um, just pr- promoting, having fun in this hobby. So yeah, go give them a listen. They're a lot of fun. Actually, any one of these here, they're on here because we've listened to them and we've enjoyed it enough where it might be for some of you. Uh, let's see, uh, RC Stuff, that's, uh, I think, a, a world drone 
championship winner. I'm blanking on his name, but basically it's a powered by Hobby Wing. They talk about uh, RC cars as well as RC planes. Um, and they have a lot of really technical, uh, good technical knowledge. I, I really feel terrible that I'm absolutely missing on the hosts, but. Um, Charlie and Jordan. Jordan Temkin. Now, Jordan Temkin's the, the drone racing uh, world champion from a handful of years ago. And uh, Charlie does the Charlie show. He's, he is employed by Hobby Wing. Um, and he does a lot of technical support. So he like, he gets into the weeds. I mean, you thought we got deep into motors. This guy's like, well, well, what kind of lag? I mean, they're like tweaking the lag time and the lead time through the ESC on the motors. Oh, geez. As well as actually getting feedback and auto adjusting that stuff. Like I'm telling you, listen to that. You'll learn more than you ever wanted to know about motors and ESCs and all the different ways you can do stuff with that. And part of it is because, you know, when you're doing like drag racing, like RC drag racing and RC truck stuff, um, when you're doing competition, it, all those little minutia things make the difference between um, if all the pilots are about the same, they make the difference between winning and losing an event. Mm-hmm. So he, he's deep in it. So he gets all the calls from those guys going, well, can we get better? <laughs> and so he's like, oh, okay, we'll see what we can do. Um, Freefall RC, uh, they are a helicopter podcast. And, okay, so this is a little personal uh, love of mine in that these guys are from New York and New Jersey. Generally, uh, there's one guy, he's from Tennessee. They've actually had a handful of different hosts, but the, the two that started it are from the New York and New Jersey area. And that's Your where... stomping grounds. That's my own stomping ground. So listening to them is like listening to all my buddies back home. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I miss this. Um, and they're great. They're great fun. They rib each other left and right. They have a good time with it. They're really out to just have fun and promote helis. And if you want to know anything about helis, as a matter of fact, when we start talking about helis, I'm getting them, one of them or both of them or all of them on um, to talk about how a new guy can get in and get involved with helis because <clears throat> there's a, it is a different world and it is a lot mm. of fun. Well, they're having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I recommend it. Uh, it is not safe for little ears. So just be aware that, that they have adult language. They, you know, it's for adults. Uh, Flight Test Podcast was uh, going strong for a little bit, and then it was sporadic, and then they kind of stopped doing it. And recently, um, uh, recently they've kind of picked it back up, and they are, I think, releasing on weekly episodes. And they're kind of addressing common questions that people have right now. And I think they're using it as a platform to talk to flight test fans about where the company is going and ideas they have and uh, things like that to kind of communicate the more of the inner workings and the directional kind of stuff. Okay. And the goals, you know, things that they don't really talk about in the podcasts. Or in the in their videos or in the videos, yeah. right? So that's an avenue for that. I think that's what they're using it for. Uh, flight test community cast. Now we're we're going to get into things that are either not quite currently running, but they're still available and they're great listens. Um, uh, let's see, Mike Finley, uh, Sean Patrick Murphy, and originally it was um, Joel, and I'm I'm blank on his last name. 
But the three of those guys ran the flight test community cast. Uh, and they just, they were actually the first people I heard, um, they had an interview with Red. And they were talking originally about the Prandtl wing as I was designing my Prandtl wing, which was just like, it was serendipity. I was like, oh my God, this is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but they are, they're a great group of guys. Um, they started hosting, um, I, the build night idea is partly from listening to them. They occasionally would do stuff like that, or they had a guest that would do that with them. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, they're a great group to listen to. Uh, they talk mostly, it used to be, um, uh, well, it's a flight test community guest. So obviously it's community members that are fans of in the flight test community, and they just got together one year. I think they were at Flight Fest, and they said, we should do a podcast. And I said, yeah, we should. And off it went, you know. <laughs> and uh, and the reason why they kind of slowed down, and hopefully we'll get them on to talk to them, um, was they just said, look, we're here to give you quality content. Like, we're not going to just put out an episode to put one out. You know, if we don't have material, you're not getting a podcast. Like, it's mm-hmm. uh, as much as you might tell us you want to hear our voices, we're just not that awesome. <laughs> I don't think they put it quite that way, but, um, but I mean, that's, you know, and I I can sympathize with that. You know, I understand, you know, when Joe and I sit down to put a podcast out, we're like, what value are we giving to our listeners? You know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so anyway, they, um, they're a great podcast listener. They have all their episodes still. Um, they have not necessarily canceled the show. Uh, they, uh, they're, they're one guy, Joel, who used to live in, uh, Florida, he said he couldn't, I guess he couldn't keep doing it. Um, he had to do other things. Um, and so Sean and Mike have considered, uh, they're, they're not closing it down, but they definitely have uh, the website up and they have all the episodes hosted and, and ready for you to download. Go and listen to them. Um, another one like that is the FPV show. So that's more quadcopters. These guys, again, this is also, they're not safe for work, but they are like my childhood buddies and I just shooting this stuff. And they're, and if you want to know about quadcopters and more in the details about how to set up quads and how does, how do you get good at racing? One of them was basically invited to be a finalist at one of the drone races. Like he's they're They've got some interesting, but you listen to them story like, Oh, I lost it on the roof. And here I am climbing the, I'm putting a board against the roof so I can climb and grab the hold of the edge of the school to get on top. And, you know, and he goes, cause I don't want, I'm like, and here I'm thinking, I'm just going to kick out a window by accident and then I'm going to go to jail. And he's cursing the whole time. He's trying to get this quad down from the roof of the ah, school. Geez. You know, I mean, he was just relaying the story and I'm like, Oh my God, I think I've been there. <laughs> um, anyway, so it, they're a lot to me. They're a lot of fun to listen to. Um, give them a listen. They may not be for you, but they may be hilarious. I think as last I checked, they had all their episodes available still. They're not making new ones. I would love them to because uh, they're a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, Fly Life Co. podcast. I've listened a little bit of that. Um, that's uh, quad uh, quadcopters. Um, and that's more of the professional end of it. And okay. while there's a little bit of drone racing, they kind of do that too. But he talks a lot about the industry of using quads to be able to do filmography. Um, so that's a different aspect of that. And if you're interested in it, that's one place to go. Um, let's see, uh, Park Flyer Podcast. I had heard about it and and I've actually been having an eyeball. I'm like, I should probably listen to that. So I finally started listening to it about a couple weeks ago. Uh, just after we had Terry done, I think he mentioned Park for Lawyer podcast. I'm like, yeah, I should probably listen to that. 
Um, and I started listening to it. They're great. Um, if you're new, they cover all sorts of great topics that you'll want to know about too. Um, if you don't like the way we do it, or you want to hear another person go about the same topic, look it up. They probably got it and listen because, uh, they've got a great chemistry and I don't think you'll be disappointed. And if I recall right there, they're family safe. Okay. Um, and I think, and then I have a WTFF, uh, 3d printing is, uh, to me, it's an integral piece of the hobby and that there's so many things you can do with 3d printing in the hobby that most people, I'd say about, well, 50% of the people that I've met on the forums, they have a 3d printer or have access to one. So, um, WTFF, that's, uh, it's what, uh, I want to, I, I think it's what the heck about, uh, fused filaments and okay. uh, fused filament fabrication. That's what it is. And basically these are, um, uh, a husband and a wife who do designs for 3d printing. They actually work in the manufacturing industry and they create 3d three dimensional models and they use that. And 3D printing is obviously one of their things. That's kind of like their private business. But they also send stuff out to like CNC mills and things like that for manufacturing. Like how do you build, how do you build a mold? Like how do you mass produce this? You know, mm -hmm. and one of the newer technologies is 3D printing. So they're using it more on an industrial kind of slant. But they go into a lot of great details and bring up a lot of interesting subjects about 3D printing. So that's, and I know that I'm sure there's a ton of podcasts on 3D printing, but these guys, I thought um, when I listen to them, they're, they're family friendly. So you can listen to them in the car, even if you have your kids with you or something. And um, they're covering a topic I want to know more about, right? Like I'm, I don't spend forever doing 3D printing, but when I do, I enjoy understanding why things aren't going the way they should or how to make it better. And that's kind of what that podcast talks about. All right. And I think, let's see, uh, one, we got two more. Um, one, I think I talked about last time. Uh, it's not directly um, RC related, but it is related in that as you get into designing airplanes for yourself to fly at the field, this guy might have some topics you might want to hear more about. Um, aerospace engineering podcast. Uh, he's, um, a fellow professor at, um, a university in England and he brings on people who make planes for a living and they're sending stuff into space. They're either making rockets or they're making planes and they're breaking new ground and he talks to them about what they're doing. And so, either whether they're using new composites, one guy that he was talking to about the composites and how they, how they use the stranded fibers and the directional lay and the different methods of, of, I guess, curing to make rotor blades because they are very unique in how the stresses that they see and how they need to perform. I suppose I can see that. Yeah. So we had them talking, we talked about the, uh, friction welding. Yeah. And he had a whole, a whole thing on that. He also had the guys who design the SR 71 blades or that kind of single crystalline, the monocrystalline metal, uh, cooling technology. 
And mm-hmm. he had them talk about how that happens, why they do what they do, and some of the new technologies that are making that happen faster or better, and how they're using, they're coupling it with things like the friction welding to essentially almost make the fins and the center core effectively one piece. Um, not just one piece, but like there's very few defects from tip of the rotor all the way to the center. Um, right. Which is really hard to do when you have, you know, 40 parts you're fusing together. Um, yeah. So they, it goes into the weeds. I mean, and the kind of weeds I like. So if you're on that mind, you want to know more about technical stuff, like, um, and, and I'll call it the things that might be fringe on the hobby, where if you're building a fiberglass model, if you're building a carbon fiber uh, infused composite, they go into that. If you want to know more about new metals, like there's a new a new material that's half as light as I think it's HX5, uh, made by a company called I think Aerolite, and they it's um, 90% as strong as aluminum, so it's almost as strong as aluminum. Has almost uh, it performs better thermally uh, than most metals, and it is 50% as heavy. Hmm. So it is it is what's making the sixth gen fighters and the fifth gen fighters possible. Right. Which is just it's a material that you can mold and injection and CNC router. I mean, it's it's as as versatile as aluminum. Yeah, but it's lighter. So pretty right. wild. I was just like, what? And I, I I can't get enough of this stuff. He he needs to put out more. <laughs> I'm about to run out. <laughs> and then I think, uh, last but not least, all things that fly podcast. I haven't listened to it, but I know it's out there. Um, and I know that it's, you know, if you're looking for, if this isn't enough and you need more, <laughs> you can, you can look for that. Uh, cause that's probably yet another source of people who talk about our city hobby in some way. That, maybe. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say, or maybe that's the one that uh, that tickles somebody's fancy. Exactly. So, so there you go. That is what we listen to, or would also like to listen to if we had more time. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is a lot longer than I expected it to be. I spend some time rolling around in the car. I used to have a two-hour commute, uh, one hour mm-hmm. each way. So yeah. I knew I could bust through stuff. And sometimes I'll listen. Like if I know I'm going to be doing certain tasks at work, um, I'll throw on headphones and listen to, you know, three, four hours of podcast stuff. So, yeah, you know, some of these like RC stuff, their episodes tend to be like half hour, you know, so okay. you can go through a bunch of those like free fall RC. That's two to three hours. Um, the flight test community cast was always about, I think about an hour. Some of these tend to be 45 minutes to an hour. Like the WTFFFF is anywhere between a half hour and 45 minutes. So some of them go a lot quicker. Okay. Well, we want to talk about our workbench for a few minutes before we work on getting out of here. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, well, assuming all goes well with gluing the wing on the sea duck, um, I'll probably want to see about doing some, I don't know. I may reinforce that glue bit, but part of the reason I'm doing the foam tack is I'm hoping that it will be glued back in as strong as the foam that was originally there. 
Um, yeah. Is the hope. And if, if that proves true, then I could just move straight on to, uh, pushing the, the giant dent in, in the, uh, <laughs> the nose of the plane, get that pushed back out and work on waterproofing, uh, the fuselage again and okay. then change props and I should be able to get it back in the air. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I mean, I'm looking forward to flying it again for more than 15, 20 seconds. Yeah, next time, so. uh, don't fly near trees. I think it'll help. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure where I want to take it to fly next yeah. time. I'll have to find somewhere. Well, it, if it helps, it takes off off the ground as easy as it takes off the water. Actually, not as easy, but it takes off just as well off of the ground as it does the water. So, um, okay. it's, it's, so if you have a better spot that doesn't have water, don't, don't worry about it too much. Okay. Um, so I'm going to finish up the quickie and give that a maiden. I'm going to go to the bandito and get that done. Uh, see if I can get that back in the air. Um, let's see. Oh, I've got a couple. Um, I've had a Dick Dastardly plane um, forum post that I put up. And if you remember, Dick Dasterly had like a bunch of air races or whatever, like they had to catch a pigeon or something. Uh, it's way back <laughs> okay. in there. So I don't know. It's just one of those like, well, what do we do now? I don't know. Let's put them in the air. So, of course, there are a bunch of these wacky, nutty, like impossible planes where like it's a bi-wing strapped to the top of a regular kind of wing, but the tail's all crooked and the, you know. There's like parapets okay. that each of the different characters, and that's where, you know, Muttley and the, the wheezy, wheezy laugh kind of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something from my childhood. And I'm not alone, apparently, because when I posted this, oh, my gosh, I remember all that. So okay. uh, I, I put together some quick plans just to see if I could. Something that looks very similar to that Star Voyager boat, flying boat thing, mm-hmm. except it's a Dick Dastardly plane with all the different characters. Um, I don't, I'm trying to remember rather. Anyway, so I'll probably be uh, putting that and the P61 together. Um, okay. And then, you know, all those things that I repaired, I'll probably uh, here and there put up in the air. If I can. Um, so, cool. and then the, the Prendleti video, I'm going to finish up and get online so other people can start building it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple people looking forward to that. There are, yeah. Uh, there's a couple people that look like they're going to make. It. I'm I'm just eager to see if if the the process that I outline is as repeatable as I think it is, because it mm-hmm. is a different build method. Um, you know, well, to get that ten degree twist is not the simplest. No, I imagine not. Yeah. Well, when it comes out, send me a link and I'll look at it. Heck yeah, it's only two sheets. There you go. I mean, I didn't say I'd build one. I said I'd look at the video. Whoa, whoa. No, you're going to build one. you got to build one. No. I'm, I'm not building the plane I got. I'd like you to build one. Okay. When, you know, I finish up the seven and the get the Corsair fixed up. Yeah. Uh, no, get the, no, no. Again, and the duck and the okay. two spitfires and the wing. And so the, that's on your, your workbench next week then, huh? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> No, it, it's, you're right. No, I want you to build the seven. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know you're going to enjoy it. It'll it'll probably spur me to to build my other seven that I I have sitting there. Yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, anything else? Uh, I think that was it. I think you were wanting to uh, to close us out tonight. Well, well, I was, but I don't see any notes on how to do it. So I don't think I'm. Well, there you, were no you, notes. What do you mean there were? I know, but there used to be. There hadn't been notes on how we close this thing out in a while. Okay, well, how about this? If you want to reach out to us or see what we're doing or listen to some episodes, you can reach us at uh, www.aviationrcnoob.com. Aviation Noob Podcast? AviationRCNoob.com. Yeah, we have a contact us form over there. Yeah, it's contact, and it works, as we've uh, figured out. Um, You could also reach out to Joe individually at joe at aviationrcnoob.com, or you can reach out to me, Matthew, at aviationrcnoob.com. You could also just reach out aviationrcnoob at gmail.com, and it'll get to both of us. Um, You Mm -hmm. can also drop us a line or write us a review on, um, uh, what is that, Apple Podcasts. Uh, Give us a five-star review. Get other people to find us. So that's how other people find us when they're looking at aggregators. They see five stars, like that might be worth listening to. And they see those great Mm -hmm. reviews we read earlier, and they're like, oh, this is definitely something I need to listen to. So help us see, have others see us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's all I can remember. (laughs) (laughs) all right i'll take it from here then guys as always thank you for tuning in and listening we appreciate you uh being here as always hopefully you've enjoyed the conversations as much as we've enjoyed having them as matthew (laughs) said feel free to reach out to us via the emails uh but also feel free to pop into the discord server if you have not yet we'll have a link to that uh in the show notes below and matthew you did do a pretty good job of covering all that so uh that's it we're going to get out of here guys we'll catch y'all next time all right catch you next time You didn't do too bad. No, I didn't. But I, I just was like, awkward as all. I'm sort of like, okay, we have a okay, website and emails. And yeah, we got like six of those. Yeah, like I don't plug the website. <laughs> oh, I figured we should every once in a while. That's fine. Are uh, you ready to end it? Yeah, let's do it. Ending. It didn't record.